Up? There he is. What's going on? I'm just sitting here looking out the window again. My yeah, favorite it's, pastime. It's a it's a different day. We're not going to get too much into all that because that's not what we wanted to really dive into today. But I don't know. I guess for someone maybe visiting this and listening to it at a different point in time, just for idea reference, there is a quarantine, so to speak, going on from the virus. Not mandated, but suggested that you minimize, which in the case of my school-age kids means they are at home, which is fine. They're, Social distancing, they're saying. They are uh, pretty good kids, so they're not going to be tearing up the house too much. I hope nobody else can hear anything. Got my four-legged kid with me again. He's still recovering from the surgery. So Bandage changes. In here. Yeah, he's uh, in the room with me. He's being a little needy. keeps nudging me with his little wet nose. Wants a pet pet. I gave him to look out the window and watch the birds, but he's not interested in the birds. Well, I feel like I, I must include the, the question I'm always wondering, and that is, is the dove out there? I have not seen it yet, but boy, let me tell you, the robins are here. Are they at your house yet? Uh, I've noticed a change in the aviary activity, but not necessarily robins per se. Mm, the robins are the ones that wake you up before light in the spring. They start chirping around here about 5.30 our time before the light comes up. Sometimes even earlier. And they just chirp, 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 chirp. And they kind of stop around 10 noonish. But they're here in the morning now. Have anybody made their way into the the birdhouse? No. I haven't seen anything in the birdhouse yet. I do see a bunch of those little finch birds. And if any of them were to get in there, it'd be one of them. Maybe that they won't get in there because the birdhouse is inside a fenced-in area where the dog lives, or, you know, roams, and it's he could get up into the birdhouse. Like, it's uh, at about his head level, so maybe they're afraid. Hanging on a tree or on, t- like, a pole? It's on a shepherd's hook. I was going to say, maybe I'll get a taller shepherd's hook. Something that I've always wondered, like, we'll talk about today, it'll bleed over into that, or it's part of that, is... Like, animals that don't know language, like, how do they think? Do they just think in pictures? Like, because they obviously don't have an inner voice if they don't have language. So I've always wondered how they think, if they even think. Because I do both. I think in pictures and text and, well, I guess all three, and I have conversations with myself. I'm not, I wouldn't say there's one over the other. It's just, it just depends. It just depends on the situation, which one's going on. So you have an inner voice, but you also have animation when needed. Mm-hmm. When I uh, was reading a little bit about this, I didn't do a whole lot of, of prep on it because I've been thinking about it a whole lot since that, uh, I don't know if it would be called viral or whatever, the thing came out a while back. I've just been thinking about it a lot. But uh, yeah, I have all of them. Like I do all of the things that people say that's all they do or that's the majority of they do. I mean, I, I have an example of all of it. Like uh, I talk to myself more when I'm getting ready for something or prepping something or getting ready for a conversation with somebody, I do a little mm-hmm. more talking or when I'm planning my day, I talk a little bit when I'm just, uh, and sometimes when I'm riding down the road, I do just think in imagery like stuff, you know, and then I also have just that feeling like, Oh, I got to get something done. I don't always just talk to myself. Oh, I need to go mow the grass. I just kind of think about the lawnmower going through the grass and the feeling of dread or whatever it is that you're, that you need to do. But yeah, when no I have a mental have checklist, it's not a it's not a topped out one. I guess it's kind of like what you're saying, like you're just literally thinking of the things you have to do, which are maybe memories of mowing or a visual of mowing or getting grocery, what you know, whatever the thing is. But 
the same time, if I'm sitting thinking like of something I specifically want to ask you, I don't just have like some icon of you. Matter of fact, that you're not even present, but I do have like uh, maybe just text in the air. I'm thinking I don't I don't. This is I've thought about this a lot and this idea who has the inner voice and who doesn't. And I think I've thought about it a little too hard because I'm not reading a, a uh, teletype. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> wouldn't say most people would even do that. And I, I, but but I, I wonder, do definitely, I do definitely talk to myself, and I it amazes me to think that people didn't like that, or say they don't at all. Like, I just wonder what they're doing when they're going down the road. Like, to have none whatsoever blows my mind. And I frankly had a hard time believing that that's true. Like, I, I when I first read the articles and stuff, someone first showed it to me. I was like, I think they misunderstood the question. Like everyone else, it blew my mind that people didn't have an inner voice. In quotes. Like I, I still find it difficult that they don't have one at all. I just think it's maybe not as pronounced as others. Well, and we'll get to whatever we do. We may get to it now. But uh, I did talk to a friend who I only have one that I know of. I haven't asked every person I know, but I happen to know uh, one particular girl who does not claim to have any inner voice or conversation. And I did talk to her yesterday, kind of getting her ideas and thoughts because it just intrigues me to no end because it's one of those things. You might be interested in things you are and aren't or are, um, but I'm more interested in what I'm not just because it's foreign. It's right. new to me. And I I had the kind of a rudimentary list of things I wanted to go over with her. But after that, I kind of felt like uh, I don't really have enough to go further because usually when I have really deep questions about things is because I already have a sort of, sort of foundation or understanding about it. And I'm still kind of processing this idea of no narration or no inner voice or talking to yourself, which is just weird. It is. I I don't want to, I want to let you just tell me what she said, but I do have a million questions I'd like to ask her. Like for the biggest one I would ask, the first one I would ask if she claims to not have inner voice would be, well, what do you do when you read, when you're reading something? Are you not talking to yourself when you're reading? I asked that question. So, and I'll answer that with a question. How do you read? Oh, I say the word in my head when I'm reading. Line by line by line, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. exactly how I read. That I guarantee there are people right now that are just shaking their head going, boys, that, that's not it. And the people I know that can read like a, we'll call it the Harry Potter-sized book in a day or two, do not read that way. And I find from what I have talked to people about reading over life, and I have struggled with it, not that I'm illiterate, but it is a, a uh, a task for me. It exhausts me. And I think it's because of how I read that most people don't read that way. Most people go into this, who does and who doesn't thing. Most people do not read like you and I, now they might have started in the beginning. I feel like it's either something I can't develop or just haven't developed. Do you find it difficult to read? Meaning it's a laborious task. If no. you're doing it a lot. No, like I've always excelled at it. Even as a kid, once I learned how to read, like even like reading, you know, the, the one thing that I guess you could say it's a caveat to it. Even in first grade, second grade, however long that goes, when you read out loud in the class, mm. I was good at it. Like I, it wasn't choppy. Like I am reading this word to you. That's not how I read when I read. Is that how you read when you read? Like to yourself? No. I'm reading. Count. So no, 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 no. It's not just like, like you first speak. Grade it's right. like right now. Yeah, I, right. I could be reading the entire conversation to you. 
is there, but I'm reading every word. And, uh, for example, my sister-in-law, she reads, you know, large novels often. That's just one of her interests. And I asked her one time about it. I was being on vacation and a day or two finished one. I'm like, there's no way it'd take me the entire week. Maybe if I could get through it. And she's like, well, I wonder how much they're really I don't read reading every this. word. And that's, she started giving that me a little insight so weird to me. And that's what, uh, my friend said the same thing. She said, that she doesn't read every word. She'll process two sentences at a time. Not necessarily exactly, but that was just her example. And she goes, now there's a caveat to that. And that is, I don't always get every detail. Whereas I do feel like. I was about to say, you're missing. I feel like you'd be missing out on half the story. And and like, I would wonder how they would score on a reading comprehension exam versus someone who reads like we do. The ones that I know like this from school, they usually do really well at that. And I don't know if it's because they can. They can rescan an area if they need to with that same uh, quickness, but yet pick up any extra details. I don't know. There's definitely some pieces to this that I wish I could solve. If for anything else, for my own uh, use. Well, the le- we don't have to get down a deep hole about reading and comprehension, but I will say this: the it's been a few years removed now, but the big books that everyone has been reading um, in the last couple of years that everyone has been reading has been the Game of Thrones books. And I introduced a few people um, to those books. And the people that consider themselves fast readers and like to brag about it and say they're such a fast reader, yada, 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 all of them, all the three of the people that I know that I've introduced the books to that have read them, who say they're fast readers, did not get everything from the book that I got from, from any of them. And I was like, so good, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm like, well, what about this? Like, well, I don't remember reading that. It's like, well, because you weren't reading it. You're just flying through it and just not. When I read a book, I read it. I don't go super slow. Like, I just go a normal. What would you like if you. Like conversation. If you listen. Yes. Or if you listen to an audio book. Exactly. Um, I'm about the same speed as a narrator. Like, that's, that's how, how I, I read the book. And I, you know, I think about it, too. And I may not go. Sometimes I'll take a break between chapters or even between paragraphs. And I'll think about what I just read, you know, kind of. I know when you're reading, you, you're, you're also Mind imagining wonders. it in your mind and all that. Um, but the, I think that they just fly through it and they're not, they're not getting everything out of it. I don't know why you would want that to me. That's not enjoyable. I don't know. Now, I mean, maybe they can't help it. Maybe that's just how they are. But I wonder if you could train yourself to do one or the other, if you do it, do do it one way or the other. So that's why I said I was surprised that the reading comprehension would be higher with people who do it that way. Like I don't, I, it seems counterintuitive. And it may be that we're kind of over-examining this, like there's going to be one word that's going to be the the crux to everything, and they've missed that one word. When, in fact, whatever idea that gets introduced, a new villain, a new poison, a new whatever, you know, might be a crucial thing in a scene, it's going to be referred to in other sentences in other ways. So maybe when they're mowing through this and making these pictures in their mind, which I'll get to is how she visualizes things, it gets included. It might take a couple of sentences to go. Uh, okay, and now you know what I mean. Like it, you're putting pieces together because that's kind of what reading is all together is just putting pieces together. So I don't. Maybe mm-hmm. we're oversimplifying what gets missed. If that makes sense. So I wonder if those type of people who do that that way, who take a couple of sentences, are the same people who won't let you explain something to them. Like at work, like you just start saying something, they don't let you finish your sentence and they just want to start arguing with you. It's like, no, if you'll let me finish my sentence, you will hear the answer to your argument. I wonder if that's the same type of 
like they can't sit there and listen word by word and and take it in the way that I just assumed every human would do, which is the logical way. And maybe that's why they're that way, because there are a lot of people who are that way. And I feel like those people irritate me to no end. And maybe it's just because that's how they process things, which is very strange to me. And very, as you can tell, it's very irritating to me. Like it's it's almost intolerable. I think there's and two I, I reasons if that's why why somebody uh, is that to you, and one is they are just so driven. You know, I've I've joked. I think it was with you. I know it's with other coworkers about you're here and this is like a map and then there's the next pin drop and that's where you want to be. And anything that's in between the here and the there is, is a hindrance to them. And that is, I'm talking about this from the view of the consumer, like they're here, meaning they want to move to next, the completed task of being at your place and having your service or your product or whatever. And you talking to them is all they view that at is, is that you're just, you're blocking me from getting to my next point. So it's, I think that is one version is why they will talk over you and just be like, I need to shake out of this guy verbally how to get me to this next point. And they're just not comprehending that you're trying to explain to them. And two, right. which is more like me, which I think me and you sometimes will go you know, back and forth in a discussion. I'll lose thoughts easily. And if I have a thought about whatever it is we're talking about the subject, I have to put it out there. Even though you're trying to tell me what I need to, you to do is to hear my version of it and then correct it out loud. Does that make sense? Even though what you want to do is tell me this is the correct way of doing something. I know that's what you're doing, but I know if I listen to you, I will actually forget how I'm doing something. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Like I, think- I just need you to show, I need to show you my work and then have you point at my work and see this is where things are wrong versus telling me this is how you start. This is the middle and this is the end because I'm not going to follow that. Cause I'm like, no, 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 I just thought I need you to proofread my thought. And then I'm lo- lost in a fuzz. Not every time. That's that just that an needs- example. I think that that needs to be worked on as a, as a child. Like if that's how a person is, I think they need to learn how to be more um, listening to others to, comp- to comprehend what they're saying with patience. Then and maybe some people aren't capable of it. I think that's something that you, that's one of those things that you should learn as a kid to, to be able to do. I'm not saying there's nothing we can do about it now with individuals that are that way, but it's just, and I think that's an exception. Like I, I can I listen to lectures all day long, which is clearly somebody telling me how to do things or how things are. And I don't have, you know, I might have a vague idea of the subject, but I'm not having to do that thing I just described. I think it's only in a rare exception case where that sort of urgency pops out of that. It's like when I'm trying to tell somebody there's a problem on something, whether it's a prescription or whatever, or why what they want to do is incorrect. I don't. You know, as you know, we don't have a lot of time. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm only telling them things they need to know and they need to hear. I'm not, because I'm the same way as you just described as far as getting from A to B. We always, you always hear people talk about, they give you their whole life story. Like, I just need you to ask me the question. Right. Just ask me the question. I don't need all the reasoning behind it. So that's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying, well, I went, well, you need to do this because in case your cousin's third wife has a toenail that's ingrown right. on her left foot, she may have a, you know, it's. I'm not doing that. I'm just, you got to listen. Here's what's going on. Here's why it's that way. And here's why we have to do this to fix it, to get to be. But they won't let you get past any of that. It's just, I think it's because maybe they don't, like we were saying earlier, they don't, they don't think that way. They're more of a, they need to hear the whole thing. So maybe I just need to put them on mute where they can't talk and then they'd have to hear the whole thing. And then maybe it'll be okay with them. But some of them, I think it is just a, a comprehension thing too with some people. 
And, and but also the passion thing, like I'm saying, I think, I don't know how to divide these into percentages or a pie graph, but some of them, they're not listening to you, not because they don't have the ability 90% of the time in their life, but they've already sat through a lady saying, press this, press that. You mm-hmm. can even, so there's already begun, begun with this tune out. Right, like I just, I'm just waiting to a human. Say. I was waiting until I get a human. All this other, just noise. It's just noise. Well, you're now talking and they really haven't turned all their switches back on in the analytical part of their mind. And they're like, he's just talking. Mm-hmm. He's just talking. You're still getting in the way of what am I? You, you haven't said the words I'm looking for. They're looking keywords. They're looking for ready now. And you haven't said any of those yet. So they're like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's very childish, in my opinion. I think people oh, need I don't to think be it's a good adultish. For sure. They need to not be that way. So it's not definitely a, a good excuse. But I, I wonder if the people who read that way, because she, she says she doesn't have a, a um, an inner an inner voice, so they read that way. I wonder if I wonder on, in comparison, like if they are more um, structured or less structured in their daily lives. Like we talked about on the previous episode, people who have their life together when they're late or tardy. I wonder if people who don't have an inner voice, for the most part, have a hard time getting their day together, like are planning things or figuring out how to do tasks like that. Because I like to talk to myself to to figure out how I'm going to do this, like whether it's repairing my car or thinking about how I'm going to mow the yard, like maybe they just picture it in their mind instead of talking to themselves about it. I would like to know, like, for example, I put a new pair of shocks on my bike this last week, and I went through the directions, I read the directions, and I looked at my motorcycle, and I imagined myself doing all those things before I even started doing it, and I, I was partially talking to myself, and I was partially imagining what it would look like for me to do those things. I wonder if they talk to themselves before they go about a task where they have directions for, or if they just ignore the directions. Did, did y'all get in anything like that? Or anything that even touched on something similar to that? Uh, more of instead of words, I think this. I think it's literally the words and the talking. Like uh, to, us, I don't know how else to say this. To assume whether it's you, me, or whoever that at least in the one example of the person I talked to that they don't have that you know kind of going over things or a process kind of going back to those things. I don't think that's accurate. I think it's just literally the voicing part of it where the best way that we kind of come up with in the conversation to describe this kind of thinking, and again, it was one subject, so I don't know that everybody's this way, would be, you know, uh, when they're pitching like a new movie or a TV show, they use the storyboards. That is like her entire thinking. And I'm not saying it's exactly that way, and she even said that, but that was something that she agreed to is like one of the best ways to kind of illustrate what goes on, is that it's everything that she does in preparation and organization is more of of like thoughts and feelings, which are kind of what's all captured in each one of those little storyboards versus like a text of it. Cause I have those two. I just figured everyone had a combination of the two. Like I'm not just sitting there thinking of words. Like I'm thinking of the activities right. while I'm talking. It's almost like reading. Like that's why I kept going back to reading. I'm having the imagery in my head as I talk to myself and I'm not, it's not like I'm talking to myself going down the road in complete sentences like out right, loud. Right. It would just be I think of a word here or there and I'm picturing all these things, all these imageries. But there are sentences from time to time or there are words from time to time going along with the imagery. Like I don't I, I find it hard to believe that nobody or that anyone has no words whatsoever. And it's just imagery. I, there's no way to know because you can't plug it in. Right. And, and it's really hard watch. to research, too. I, I think it's just. Was it yes, in that one I, I think you? it's just. I think it's just a limitation on us being able to 
describe what's going on in our minds. I don't think it's as different as some of these things as, as some of these things are making it out to be. Oh, I think no. it's just I think it's just variations. I think it's just it's it's slight variations, and I think it's the ability to put it into words. Right. What they're seeing is different from individual to individual. Just like we've talked about, everyone on Earth has talked about, you know, that piece of grass there is green. Well, how do you know it's green? Well, because it's green. Well, what is green to you? Well, right. it's 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 a color. It's darker than blue. You know, like okay, well, well what is blue? <laughs> well, right. So you don't you can't describe it without describing other colors. Right. I think it's the same thing with this inner voice. I think everyone really does have some sort of one. Um, and it, it's less than some people and more than others. And right. they just, it's describing it and putting it into words. What they see and think is makes it seem more varied than it actually is. But I mean, it could be wrong, of course, but cause I just don't, I can't comprehend it. Maybe my brain's too small to comprehend not being able to have some sort of inner voice. I mean, I'm not sitting here thinking of all these words to say before I say them right now, but right. when I'm driving down the road, I often, you know, just thinking to myself, kind of like reading the book, but not exactly. I do have the imagery too. Yeah, this especially it, when it's I'm getting really ready for difficult an to, to nail down how to compare the the color is a great reference. It's hard to really compare one to the other because we we've never been anybody else but ourselves. And when I ask her about you know, can you do that? She said, yes, I can. I can force myself to do it, but it is not what happens naturally. And I was trying to think of instances that way. I couldn't just ask these weird questions. I would say, let's say you're talking to an authority figure. And the reason I picked that is because a lot of times people in life tend to be nervous when they're talking to authority figures, whether that's your parents, the police, the judge, a lawyer, a, a boss, whatever, plug in anybody thing they want here. So, one of the things people do, or I don't even say people, I just say one of the things I do whenever I was talking to maybe my parents when I was young or like a professor or the law officer or whatever, is I will go over it in my head, which is the whole point of me framing it around that. So I'm thinking, all right, I want to see what she says here. And she's like, I can rehearse things in my mind, but if it's like words, I have to keep it concise to like one sentence. Whereas I can like rehearse an entire dialogue <laughs> that I have back and forth with someone else who I'm clearly not, but I'm imagining what the logical version mm -hmm. of them would say. So that way, mm -hmm. when I talk to you or, or my wife, or, yeah, <laughs> when I talk to anybody outside of something spontaneous, kind of like right now, well, some of this is even planned to a degree just because I have this thought in my mind, but I have run conversations in my mind before I have them, both sides. Oh, yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. Like say when there's a problem with somebody, um, whatever it is, I always have the argument before I have the argument with them. For like what sure. I they'll say, and I try to have it like, so I wonder how they have that. Or if they just don't. And so maybe they're bad at, at, at relaying information or maybe their way's I, better. I, I guess it would depend on what the person they're relaying with. And I can't, I can't come up with anything that's lacking on either side. I think it's literally just two different ways to do it. And that it's just going to be more, Feelings, emotions, and things that aren't like a dialogue, that, th that thing might have happened, but it's just an exchange of like energy that's really hard to put into words to the rest of us not in her head. Does that make sense? So I didn't ask that exact I mean, question. I wish I would have asked, like, do you have conversations in your head where you play things out between you and someone else? That would have been, that was the other good question I was looking for that I didn't think yeah. of. That would have been, because that's key to me. That's the big thing. And going back to animals who don't have language or babies, like obviously they don't have inner voices. Um, 
Maybe they do. Like my dog knows some words, and I wonder if he thinks those words like hungry, hungry, hungry. You know, or O U T. Yeah, we find ourselves spelling right. around dogs. Not the one currently, but I have in the past because you're like, don't trigger it mm-hmm. because they're yeah. going to be incessant until you let them do that. Or G O, which is yeah. weird. that you're spelling around a dog because the last letter still sounds like the word. Mm-hmm. Or like the one we have to spell even to this day is R I D E. Like so they. And they even got to where they were knew what that was. Now, is that a plus or a minus they for them? For one. They want to go? Oh, they love it, yeah. Okay. I've never had one that didn't, except for the one that you have now. I wasn't hmm. as big of a fan, but when I did it, when I would say it, she would usually be ready to go. She, well, she responds to the word go, and if she hears it enough, she starts looking around, and she can tell when people are getting ready because I can see the angst. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't like to be alone. And she wants to go, but here's the funniest thing. And I don't know if you traveled enough with her to ever see this, but she wants to go as much as any dog I've ever owned, but doesn't like the going. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like she's yeah. a little unsteady the whole time mm-hmm. she's oh, going. Yeah, she she's is. glad to be with you. And she really wants to be with you, like in your lap, but she is not mm-hmm. comfortable at a, any place in our car. She was a Panatron. Pan, 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 yes. Pan, yes. There. I only took her with, uh, always rode around in my truck. I just had the seats up in the back. I have a four-door pickup truck. And uh, I would just put the seats up with all of them back there. And she would always be <laughs> like non-stop. Be like, it's okay. It's okay. Was she content back me. there? Or did she really want to be in the front? Um, I don't know. I never let her ride in the front. so Or maybe I did. It's been so long now. Even, but when she was in the front, I remember the first time I ever got her, I let her ride in the front. But she was wanting to crawl over into where I was at. So I kind of mm-hmm. had to nip that and put her in the back where she wasn't. Wasn't wasn't doing that because we you know we have a minivan so lots of room for everybody inside and I have two kids so they're in the middle but the whole back seat and we'll cover it with a sheet put a blanket or whatever for her back there she ain't standing back there mm-hmm. she would she could right. she fits on it she's not huge but she will come all the way up front I was and, about to say also you don't have any way to block her no and so, so she oh, yeah. is and she's she behaves it's not like she's snip, stealing food or anything like that but she oh, wants man, to I... be as close as she can to either me or my wife like the kids are there but she's like wedged in between them and the back of my wife just pressing forward and there's just too much stuff those, in the kids those divider canine dividers like you see in a police car that it gave you threw away like a year or two ago. i think I it would cause too much anxiety her just being that far away from everybody it is the only problem is where she resides in there is of course there's sliding doors on both sides and where she's at is kind of like that plastic molding which is how you would step in and out mm-hmm. so you're constantly hearing her her claws you know if you have to break or accelerate or turn or whatever you're always hearing her lose grip so to speak because she's <laughs> in, in that panic mode mm-hmm. she's just not laying there relaxing she's like yeah. always in ready go sometimes i'd have to sometimes i have to yell at her to lay down she wouldn't fall Speaking of your kids being with you, did you talk to them about this? If they have an inner voice? I never didn't even think about asking little kids. No. Because I've always been the same way. I've always been the way I am, even when I was little. I don't. As far back as I can remember, anyway. I'll, I will have to do that. I have not asked. Um, I, I guess I've talked to you, my wife, and a few friends about this because I found it incredibly interesting when, it, I don't know how long it's been circulating around in the social circles, but that idea that some do and don't have an inner voice fascinated me to no end because I use mine on a daily basis mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. I, and it's I a tool. To, I had to be selective of who I asked to, because I feel like you have to have a certain about, <clears throat> amount of mental capability, to even understand 
A, why there would be a difference, and B, what the difference would be and what we're even talking about. So some people that are in my life, I wouldn't even feel like it would take too much energy to explain what I mean to them. Like the inner voice, they wouldn't even comprehend what I was really asking. So I didn't ask a whole lot of people, just just a couple. Like the first person, I mean, I asked people at work, and I think I talked to my wife about it a little bit, and she was just more like what I was. But So I didn't ask a lot of people, because I felt like it would be a huge energy drain if they didn't understand what I mean. It would be like a 40-minute trying to explain and just end in frustration. The, I didn't ask a lot. The biggest difficulty I have found, whether it's this or any other thing about us as humans, unique or not in life, I have found is everybody assumes everything is like them. Rightfully so. Right. That's all you've ever been. And so right. unless you've ever had a discovery of something like this or whatever, when you're having that conversation with them, you know, up and down the scale of intelligence and being able to describe things, their default is going to be whatever they are and not thinking that there is a variation in existence. I mean, we all know we all look different, right-handed, left-handed, all that, but anything inside, and there's lots of differences about how we all are inside, but everybody, I'm pretty sure, just assumes everybody's like them until you find out otherwise. I do something that gets on a lot of people's nerves. I I say a lot of the times, what do you mean? Like, well, what do you mean? They'll say something to me, and I have learned through the years that what they say and mean isn't, I don't always, it's not what I think they mean, or we don't understand on the same level. So when they say something to me or ask me a question, I'm not trying to prevent myself from getting involved in a trap question. I just want to make sure I understand what they mean. So right. I say, well, what do you mean? And I can't think of a good example of that, but my wife especially, it drives her up the wall when I say, well, what do you mean? Like, I wish I had an example. I, I know exactly what you're talking I about. Give. I can't think of an example, but right, I, like, I am overly aware of that. Like, I, for some way or another, maybe it's because of our profession where we're often talking to other people about things mm-hmm. that are new and different, and they're people we've never met before. I'm conscious about how I communicate. Uh, more of the last part of you my You have to be career. very accurate and precise. Right, and I want to know, but what I've learned over the time is, and this kind of goes into that inner voice, what I'm saying inside my head, like what I'm hearing right now and how that I'm imagining that if someone was transcribing this is not how everybody hears it for whatever reason. It doesn't matter whether you're smart, dumb, for and not for it. All these things, what I have just learned is not everybody will hear you like the transcribe is. They will have a different variation. And I think part of there's a lot of factors there, but I think one of the factors gets into the disability or inability to be in the telephone game. I think some people have terrible skills about grabbing details as they are and then Mm -hmm. recording them down. I consider myself very detail-oriented, and I put that in a question mark tone because of all the studies that say how you're a bad judge and all that. And I don't want to sound too assuming because I think anybody is apt to make errors. But I usually find myself one of the more detailed ones of a group of people when recalling things. Yes, me too. I'll just leave it at that. Yes, me too. But I was going to include the telephone game earlier. And when we're talking about the people who don't, who just read through the book really fast, I bet they're awful at the telephone game. Like the people who read Game of Thrones and didn't get half the stuff out of it, or they don't remember this, that, or the other, or read that way. I wonder how good they are with the telephone. I don't mean to be insulting all these people. It's just because it's foreign to me. And I've run across so many individuals who don't remember this or don't remember that or don't do this or that. And it's usually because they're just flying through it, trying to get, you know, go through as fast as they can. I'm like, well, don't you, don't you read it to enjoy the experience? I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to be irritated at people who put their podcasts 
um, or books or whatever, like at Turbo. one and a half speed or two speed. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're missing out on the cadence. You don't have time to think about the story. And it still does is kind of a little irritating to me, but I mean, I get it. You, you, you want to hear as much as you can because there are some people on YouTube who have a 30 minute video that could be three minutes long. Like, so I will put that junk on twice as fast often just to get through to, you know, just to watch what they're doing to get, get it done. Cause I just mm-hmm. want to see the end product or I want to see them doing it, but I don't need the five minute description. And for all you YouTubers out there, if there's any listening, nobody likes your 10 minute preamble with the camera on you talking about what you're about to do. Nobody likes that. Nobody does. You no think the does. people who are it. in that hobby are the ones that like to see that part? Like, the how-to hey. stuff, like, are they doing different than I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to think mm-hmm. to myself, what is the, besides vanity, why would anybody do that? And the only thing I could come up with I know is it. the how-to thing are for people in that circle. Not necessarily the hobby circle, but literally the YouTubing circle. Like podcasters. There are YouTube, there are YouTube guys and girls that I really like watching, um, but they have so much FaceTime with the camera on them just talking about what they're going to do or what they just did or what they've learned or blah, blah, blah. I like hearing them talk about it. I, I don't mind that as much. I just don't need the camera on their face. I would rather them be showing B-roll of said event or of just like hmm. if it's about overlanding, just some trucks going through the creek or, you know, showing a, walking around their car while they're talking or no matter what it is, repairing a car, just don't show your face to sitting there talking to me like it's. I would rather it be like the news. There's a little bit of time on the anchor while, he's, while he or she's talking. But then there's at least a side shot story. of a steal. Yes, of something else. Yeah, I don't need to see you. Do, and then my I buddy, think I know my why. best friend, I think you, wears him out. He doesn't like preambles at all. It you, wears you him you out. You visualize <laughs> the person while you're hearing them is why you don't need it. I, I'm going to guess. Yeah, I guess there's so. some of that in these articles about when you hear people. And I came across that in the conversation as well as, when you're listening to people, it creates images. Now, I don't know that that's the case for everybody, again, because I've never been anybody else. But maybe yeah, I'm that's why you're right now in my mind while you're talking. But you don't right. need to see the overlander guy or girl because they're already in your head, right? Right. So maybe yeah. that's redundant and that's you're just like, ugh, I don't need it's to annoying. see two things. Yeah. Like, I could be seeing what you're talking about or just something else. Right. <laughs> I don't need you standing in front of the Corvette that you're talking about how fast you went in it or whatever. Just show the Corvette going fast. or. Show it sitting there. You know, I just right. don't want to see you in the video. It's wears me out. I don't know what that has to do with. I mean, that does have something to do with inner voice. Maybe it's in you know, preferences and things. Cause that is true. Is I do picture them already. I already know they're there. Mm, you're um, touching on one of my favorite little oddities of humans, vocalization and imagination. And that is when I listen to a podcast or what back in the day used to be like a talk radio program or maybe like a ball game that's on the radio. I immediately, and I have to imagine everybody does because I hear people say blah, blah, blah about the look. I I will create this image in my mind based on your voice as to what you look like. Just like even the phone. I mean, we all still talk mm-hmm. on the phone to some degree with our job or whatever. And I will create the person in my mind. And what I have found, oh, yeah. and this has got to be some kind of Freudy thing or something. I make people more attractive, not because of what I want them to be necessarily, but because that sound draws like its own creature. And there are still images in my mind of people that I met years ago, but I quote met them like through work over the phone that when I'm with them, yes, I'm reminded of what they look like. And if I see them in a crowd, I know, Hey, there he is. But whenever I'm talking to them on the phone, the icon in my mind is the original (laughs) one. And I've known the guy for 15 years. 
<laughs> That's just weird. Yeah, yeah, I have that too. It's like, why I do I do? Too. And this guy in my mind. <laughs> He's not like, oh, that's that anchor from the Weather Channel. No, it is literally a made-up person that I've never seen in my life. Because I would say, oh, he looks like <laughs> so-and-so on my mind. Nope, I got nobody to reference for you. Sometimes mine is that, and sometimes it is somebody else I know. I'll just put their face on it, like, yep, you are this person. And it stays that way with me, too. Even like if you like you say, if you've met them. Even the- now, over time, if you know them forever and ever, and like it's somebody you would see every day, I wouldn't replace it. Like their, their, their icon gets replaced with their actual picture. Well, and that's going to say that's the case for you, and we don't even see each other that much, but for whatever reason, I guess we've interacted enough in recent years that you don't have a fake avatar in my head. And there's some, because not, you, you plug them out Prime there. It's Prime or uh, Voltron. No, it's Voltron, actually, on my phone, but and I guess that's your uh, digital version of my head, but but not a fake oh, human. Voltron. And I, these things are all related, I think. I'm not really sure what I ties do too. them together. I think they are, too. I think they are as well. I think the old Skype is acting up a little bit. I can hear it. Uh, a little cutting in and out. Yeah, just a little. Did That's you? Something uh, else. Go ahead. Um, my buddy introduced to me back when we were kids, and it's and it's uh it's it's rung true throughout my life and through most people. He told me at one point that people will put up with visual um, abnormalities or annoyances much more than they will audio ones. So, in other words, You're they'll watch a, a TV show. Yeah, they'll watch a TV show if the reception isn't perfect more than they'll listen to a radio show that doesn't sound weird or has something they don't like. They're more irritated in general um, with sounds. And I wonder if that's because you're listening to it and, pro- and producing it in your mind. Um, you have limits. You're, 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 and you keep hearing that static and you're like, and it's making the staticky picture in your mm-hmm. mind. And you're like, ah. Irritating. Whereas if you're just looking at it, I wonder if that's because you're just looking at it, you're just providing the image. And I wonder if that's why I remember all the studies from the 80s and 90s, and I haven't read any follow up since then. I don't know if it's still considered true. Like just watching television, they said supposedly lowered your IQ scores. And of course, that's probably if you're just watching sitcoms constantly. And I wonder if that's because you're not exercising your mind, you're just being spoon fed all the stuff. Whereas reading, you're exercising that mind and yeah, imagination and your. You're making more things happen in your own mind, like dreaming. It's almost like a dream while you're awake. Because, you know, supposedly if you don't dream, then you're not really getting true sleep, so you're not fully rested. And I don't know how much of that is true and how much of that is just 90s television pop culture that's true. But I always thought that if you didn't enter REM sleep, you're not really sleeping. I think that's the case, like if you take Ambien or something. I don't think I wonder you're how getting all that rest. ties into. For sure. Right. Like taking a, a sleep aid, you do go to sleep, but I don't think you get the rest that you need. And I wonder how people who can't sleep, I wonder what, how their inner voice relates to that. I go in and out of that just based on work-related things, and I have not found any effect on that. Like there, There's definitely weeks I'm fresher than not, and it hasn't changed anything to do with inner voice and you know getting things together or having a conversation in my head before I have a conversation. It's, it's still there. You, you teed up about a thousand golf balls in that last thing. Sorry. I'm like, there's a million <laughs> things to touch you with the TV and the audio and what they will put up with, what they won't put up with. And I don't have forgotten now that I was trying to keep, you're going to have to list. start taking notes like a, like a pro, like a presidential. Like I'm, yes. Uh, they're up there. I'm over here waving my hand. In- what was that point again? <laughs> so like writing on their notepad. One, I'll throw out misophonia, which we will cover at some point because it is incredibly interesting to me because I have a deep trouble with this. And just to explain that for anybody that never, never heard of that term is 
it's not a, I don't know if it's a dysfunction or not. I guess it depends on the, to the degree of which, but it's, it's certain things you don't like to hear. I guess chalkboard with the fingernails is the classic one for mm-hmm. most people, but it turns out um, that there's many more and then people have varieties of these that might even be debilitating. I'm not to the point of debilitating, but I am to the point that there are times that I'm thinking, do I have my AirPods with me? Because <laughs> I, it, it's troublesome for me to pay attention to things if one of my little mesophonic things is going on. And if I'm really trying to get into, like if I'm reading for pleasure, which is rare because even when I quote read for pleasure, I'm still trying to learn like at school, <laughs> like I'm reading, like I'm going to be quizzed on it. Me too. So, yeah, me too. I'm so really, it's... I'm really holding on tightly to the reading. And when I have uh, coughing, for example, and this is not where I'll have any kind of prejudice. I think it's annoying as all get out when I have a cough. Like I just don't like the sound coughing. It's not a prejudice against anybody out there who has it. Cause when I have it, it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and this may be like one of those triggers, like it all started when I was 17 or no, I guess 16 taking the ACT. And there was some girl who had, I don't know, it was a coronavirus from 19, whatever. <laughs> But she had the worst chest congestion and a cough that she could not control every now and then. And it, I mean, here you're taking the ACT, you're worried about your score, you're worried about your oh, future gosh. and your it was college. was during the ACT? Yes. And she's over there oh, having, and I feel oh. sorry for her in the, the empathetic version of me that just pines to help everybody in the world. But at the same time, it made me want to take my number two pencil and jam it in my eardrum. I didn't want to hurt her, but I, I wanted to eliminate the sound. I just it and, and to this day it drives me bananas to be trapped in a place that uh, like the cold winter time of the year there's usually a lot more of these and for example at church which is a place where there's times where there's some quietness like in a prayer or whatever and people can't help it I know I understand how it works I'm just explaining me it it, it distracts me to no end it drives me bananas and I have found mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have their own little bananas in this sort of misophonic thing. And I might be abusing that word. It, it might only apply to people who have like, where it's like a disability. Cause there are people who just can't be around X, Y, or Z things, or it causes migraines or it causes other disturbances from what limited understanding I have about uh, autistic patients. I know sound stimuli and the ability to control it or not it tends to be problematic. A lot of, uh, there are times I've seen autistic kids that are going to be in group settings that will just have on like shooting earmuffs just to minimize too much. Well, I think it's a sensory. Yeah. Right. Well, in that input. particular sense, we're talking about the audio input and that's, right. that's exactly how I feel. And I'm not trying to say I feel like them, but I'm just, I get this overload. Like it just takes over my mind where I can't concentrate on the reading or the TV show or whatever, because mm. it's like, ah, there's another interruption and it just becomes this thing I obsess gun. about. I had a bubblegum snapper at the counter <clears throat> a day or two ago, like standing there waiting for me to fix one of one of her problems. You know, just that click, click, pop, pop, click, like, popping the bubbles on her tongue. Right. And I want to be, can you, can you take that somewhere else while I'm doing this, please? It's very distracting. And, oh, it's so rude. It's bad customer service. Well, what I'm doing here, if I'm distracted and don't do it correctly, could have consequences on your health. So really annoying. Quit doing it. I know someone who, uh, can't stand like the rapper noises like, and wrapping candy up. or something. Yes. Yeah, so, like they it drives them up the wall. And I, <clears throat> I have a friend who smacks when he eats and oh, I gosh. can't deal with that. Oh, gosh. 
It oh, sounds like a horse that's so personal. Apple. Yes, yes. I will not name names <laughs> just, because these people just, are oblivious to it. And the, oh, yeah. the ones well, I know, you know they're, how I am. they're very sensitive. And I don't mean that in a crazy way. It's just like, you know, mm-hmm. I could tell Eddie something and you're not going to cry about it. I don't think you're going to ruminate on it. But some of these people, and I am one of these people, mm-hmm. so maybe I'm the example. If you told me I smacked, it would bother me for months. And I would be like recording myself and studying myself. These people aren't going to go to that point. It's just going to hurt their feelings right then and every time that they eat with you probably. So I just don't tell them. But I try not to sit near them. This person's been my friend since since grade school. So there's only a few of you out there. Does does he try to control it? I don't think so. Because he knows it gets on my nerves. He's never, he hasn't changed in the, gosh, 30 years we've known each other. Sound like a horse eating a head of lettuce. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, quit it. Can you stop doing that, please? And when I was younger, I was way mean about it. Now I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. And you're not, it's just part of having a meal with you. You're just going to be this way. And I have another friend who will not clear their throat. Like they get the oh, gargle bubble while they're talking. Don't while do it. And, and it's, it gets so that bad that I start man. going, it draws yes, me crazy. I start going, <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> while they're talking. <laughs> it's like the wiping <laughs> the face when you see somebody with yeah, a booger like, or a little piece of spit on their face <laughs> and you start incessantly yes. wiping your face. So what oh, I, man, what I am now is when I'm around people that are wiping their nose, I become hyper paranoid. Like, yep. there's a booger on me. There's well, a booger them, on like, me. I have a booger. What's going on here? You got a Klingon or and it turns out they know they just have something nervous that they're doing. Yep, yep. Yeah, the, the clear same, of the throat the that needs to happen, that, that one gets me. It's it's right up Quitter. there with the uh, cough and the a little bit of spittle in the corner of the mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you hit a nerve with like seeing someone's mouth. I don't like stuff on people's face. I don't know if it's because I don't want it on mine. When people, it, it, even, it drives me up the wall just to see a picture of a baby with crap all over their face. Like I want to wipe it off. Some people, and of course, the modern world with Instagram and Facebook and everything else that shares pictures, showing the picture of their baby with crap all over their face and their chest. I'm like, <laughs> clean that off of them. I don't want to see it anymore. I know it's cute and everyone's like, ha ha ha. You're not going to get into I a piety like contest? It. No. Like I would just, I don't think I could go to one. Don't think I could. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen the, the classic movie Stand By Me? Oh, yeah. You remember sure. the pieting scene? Yeah. There you go. I heard I heard the memory hit right when it hit. That that's messy. Yeah. I I don't necessarily have that. I could see how you would, but fortunately that's not I one of my many hang ups. No. I don't like what he's talking about is vomiting when someone else vomits. It doesn't trigger that in me. No, I mean I just meant the, before they did the vomiting, how when in the contest they're all face down in the pie oh, and their yeah. faces are covered with pie. Well that's kind of I don't know if maybe my brain's separates it it's like a movie. It doesn't bother me because it's i know that's what they're doing it's when like that poor baby just has Powerless. food all over its mouth and and when it's on my when i have it on my mouth i can't stand it because like, i'm i've been that way about a lot of things like things that irritate me i well I, my mom told me when i was a baby um or you know a toddler i didn't like going to the beach i get sand on my hands and i'd freak out and want to wipe it off but you're at the beach so you're going to have it on you constantly she said like they'd spend more time with me in the bathroom getting sand off me than was worth going to the beach over at least when i was young young i mean of course it doesn't bother me now but i can't stand having a rock in my shoe when i go kayaking or something i gotta get that sucker out immediate i had uh my oldest niece um they their family would go would all go together on vacation and when she was in that you know toddler two to three range like one year i don't remember the order of witches but like one summer she was afraid of the sand same kind of thing just did not would not tolerate it being on her but then the next year we test it out. She's like, okay, the fine. Then we go over to the beach 
and the roar of the beach, you know, what I'd call this, the tip, not like a crazy day, mm-hmm. just that typical beach sound of the, the waves crashing and thing. It scared her. <laughs> So they had to go to like, you know, most beach places, there's going to be some inlet, inlet where there's, a, yeah, they went, yeah. they went there with her because it was just like a lake. But I just think about that reminded me of that, of those preferences. And I have a friend who does not like it as a grown person. And he said, this goes back to his childhood. He, I mean, he used to race four wheelers. So he used to, you know, dirt and he runs off road and all these things, but does not like to be dirty. And how this ties in is he, I'm not going to say he would refuse, but he does not choose ribs because he, yeah. he, he was with me. His reason, we all were at this famous place in Memphis, me, him, and another guy, and me and the other guy had ribs, and he he would not. He got some kind of sandwich or something, I'm like, uh, or something he could eat with a fork, and I'm like, you you don't like, and he's not a picky eater. He's like, no, nah, they're, they're fine and all. I just, I don't like my hands being dirty. And that's one reason why I don't get them much because it is an ordeal for me because you're going to be touching your glass, you touch anything else. When I start eating the ribs, I'm not going to stop until I'm done literally eating the ribs. I might get a drink, but it's really going to bother me to touch that glass with the crazy rib hands. Well, I'll go through like, I mean, I'll go through a tree worth of napkins. (laughs) Yes. Like it's crawfish season now. And which we talked about in the previous episode too, and I went and had some. Mm, that didn't pan and, out well. Um, well, I don't know if it was maybe. Crawfish. I think it's the gallbladder, but still. <laughs> so, because today's ooh, today's crawfish day again. Mm, we might I'm see a pattern here. Best idea. Yeah. Um, COVID nineteen going on. <laughs> Go get some crawfish. Like, well, disinfected yourself. Um, but. I'm one of those people that, yeah, I'll just go, I'll have a plate of napkins, like where I'm just wipe myself off because they're bad about it. Ribs are bad. Uh, as far as eating out, like the only thing, other thing, I don't like to eat pho out the, the soup because it's, it's messy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a soup and you're slurping. And I don't like that. Uh, the slurping. Mm. Mesophonic. This is turning to, from inner conversation or inner voice to mesophonia. But yeah, it, I think it, it ties in. I wonder if it has your picturing it in your mind. Like, like I am when she's clicking that, uh, gum i'm picturing her tongue mashing the little bubbles on her and that's all i can picture like i can't mm. picture what i'm trying to do i'm like stop stop that and the, i'm picturing like bubbles in the person's throat who won't clear their throat like oh, they're talking about the bubbles like i can't even do it like, i don't get I don't the picture they can stand doing it It literally is like um well what we're looking at right now on the screen or whatever you know the visual representation of sound that if anything that's what i'm seeing it's literally sound disturbs me to no end and by the exact same token creates pleasure because i love music and i love podcasts that's two of my favorite things in the world are to listen to things but oddly enough sounds there's certain ones that just make me incredibly uncomfortable to the point that i will leave an area or i will get headphones or i'll do whatever it's not i can't ignore it to that extent i think it's not just psychology i think it's there's something else at play with it too um, back to the girl who doesn't have an inner mm-hmm. voice. Did she say anything else interesting? Like, I don't guess you were able to get any kind of these things. Like, does she have any ticks where she doesn't, she doesn't like sounds or was there anything else interesting kind of like that, that maybe she would experience different from us? I did not. Different from people it didn't come up voice. in our conversation, but you're creating great follow-up for me to go. Cause I see her fairly often and maybe we'll have like a follow-up to this. Maybe even tie it into like misophonia or something like that. Yeah, we can just have a one and two or something. <laughs> but um, she, one of the things she said, I'm kind of just looking at some notes I made from our conversations, that verbalization does not come naturally. And I don't think she she didn't mean like she doesn't know how to talk or she didn't know how to ask good questions, but 
in terms of that going over it in her head, that's just not what she does. Like it just happens. Like I said, so how do you have a question in class? You know, if you're sitting there and you're listening to a lecture and you're like, oh, I didn't understand that. Or I thought it was this way. Or maybe some data was said that you understood wrong. If, if someone was going over a book and they, the main character, they said tied a red scarf on. No, no, I read it. And I remember he tied on a white scarf. How would you ask that question? And I said, before you get to ask it, are you like going over the question in your head and pre preparing the question? She's like, I have that sense of like a sensation of confusion, which is like where the, the color doesn't match up. But she's not like polishing the question in her head, which I spits it out. Yeah, it out. Yeah. What about giving a speech or public speaking? Did you ask anything about that? Because I imagine they wouldn't be great at it, or maybe they're super good at it because they're just. It's just going to be done without. It's going to be done without the rehearsal of the words. That's the part where there's really a hard way to connect this. Well, that's what you're you. doing is speaking. So right, I know, but they're. But it's it. like the images themselves represent that words. Which is where one of the researchers I had read about this becomes a very difficult thing to study because the minute that you talk to people about it, you're taking their mind and putting it into a textual format. You know what I mean? Because you're going to record it into typing or handwriting or something like that. And these folks are trying to say, as they have to start using words, it's all a lot of imagery and emotion. Whereas there was that one example of like, say, when you first wake up, you might be like, first thought to your head is what you're going to do that day or whatever. Or it might be like, oh, crap, I need some coffee. Another person who's like this, who I read in one of these interviews said, she doesn't do that. She doesn't say it inside her head. She doesn't think those words in her head. But she has like a picture of a coffee pot or a picture of a cup of coffee that she needs to have downed. And I'm thinking, it's, it's not that far off from each other, but it's just a different, a very different way to experience life. Yeah, I do it. But see, I kind of do it both. Like, I think, oh, I'm going to get some coffee, but I'm picturing my coffee mug with coffee in it while I'm saying it to myself. Like, I do, I do both at the same time. Right. The picture is more of an additive to you. At least that's how I am, too, because I don't think any... Yeah, or maybe I'm near... Maybe I'm seeing the pictures and I'm just narrating it to myself as I see the pictures. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's chicken and egg. I don't know which. Maybe they're just not doing the narrating part I, themselves. I think that is the big crux of this is she, she can talk in her head. She said, but it's a forceful thing and she cannot do it at large volume, meaning, you know, past a couple of sentences, it's going to become a strain. But I'm coughing. Not so. To turn the mic off, but uh, I, I don't know. It's still it's it's very interesting, and still uh, the more I learn about it, it doesn't uh, make me feel like I know it any better. It just, I just feel like I'm retelling something it, to you. A lot of times, it almost makes I'm, me angry if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the answer. I want to just <clears throat> not that I'm mad at the person. Or no, no, less no. Then it's just because I want to know. Because I've always thought that well, how do animals think? You know, if they don't have language obviously they do and you can think without language but i feel like that's what separates us from them is our ability to have language and I don't know, maybe understanding this will help us understand animals who have supposedly of course maybe it's just a not true we've always been told how the dolphin's brain is more advanced than ours maybe it's not really it's just what one of those things people always say which we could have a episode about stuff like that like Things people say that aren't necessarily true. And we've talked about that. I, yeah. I, I don't know any dolphins, but we could probably find one. I don't know that <laughs> I would understand still it. Around. It's still around. We could find a translator. How often do they live, you think? I wonder how well. I think the oldest mammal or oldest living animal on Earth is that turtle. It's about to turn 200 or something. So yeah. Surpass the other. I think elephants live to be pretty long, uh, pretty old <laughs> to be mammals. 
Yeah, I think they love like humans in their 80s. Don't crocodiles live to be like 100 or alligators? It's tortoises. The reptiles. Isn't there a tree that's like 5,000 years old, like right now? Isn't there a species? And it's in North America. It is. That is the oldest living organism is a is a set of trees, I believe. Or wait, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm confusing that with the largest living organism. Because it's one of those, the great trees in the Northwest that they're literally connected, kind of like the pop-up of the right, uh, yeah. mushrooms in your yard. So it's not like mm-hmm. that one tree, as big as they are, but they've actually found that there's connections. So they are, quote, the living, largest living organism on the planet, bigger than a well and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah, I think it is, though, a tree. It's some kind of pine tree, and I think it's in North America. Maybe there's some elsewhere, but it's like four or five. It was there before the pyramids. It is an old tree. But I think there's some kind of argument that, uh, it, you know, regenerates. It's like, well, so do animals. Like, all the cells in your body are new. Six months. You know, after I think so, what we're taught in school. So many. Is it? Even like brain and that, everything? Yeah, that we're all oh, brand right. new after about six months. We're literally not the same atoms we were. Speaking of, there have been some breakthroughs in stem cell research recently that are pretty interesting to read up and talk on. That's, that's a big thing going on right now. Of course, it's been big arguments going on for years and years. I across some interesting stuff on that. And that has to do with. Healing, or are you talking about from like yeah. the anti-aging yeah. point of view? That too, and just all kinds of things. Um, I can't remember what I read specifically. It was some huge disease they were they were helping with stem cells. Of course, there's so many that pop up on my little feed. You'd have so much, it'd start tagging stuff better. I'm trying to think of some other examples. She she gave me a lot of different ways to try to explain it, and some of them I was familiar with, and some not. But some of it might be just like from a movie. Where, which is a good way to communicate because her way to understand kind of our world is the idea of in a movie when the you know first person like talk over like you see X Y Z actor who's playing this role and there's their mouth's not moving it's just their inner voice talking and I said huh I never thought about this you've always probably just thought that was a matter of Hollywood and not that that's real and that is real not that we all narrate our entire day but we do that or I do that I should say not to be inclusive I do that to a degree would you say that same for yourself yeah to a degree like I guess an example um I was talking about my bike earlier so I ride motorcycles so I'm always hyper aware of the vehicles around me and uh, I'm sometimes I'll think to myself this idiot here is about to cut me off and run me over. He's not going to see me in his or her blind spot. Sometimes I'll think that to myself, like the words, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I just think it. I'm like, he's not, he or she's not going to see me, and I'll back off down gear, or I'll you know, rev the throttle, or whatever. Sometimes I say it to myself, and sometimes I just think it. And I, I guess that just thinking it without saying it, that's it's the difficult part to put into words. Well, what do you mean you just think it? I just, I guess I just see the image of it happening, or... It's a feeling, and it's just, I think, putting that into words, as you were saying earlier, like text is just difficult, and I think maybe they, the inner voice, if you're just, so this goes back to me saying, well, what do you mean, all the time. When you say inner voice, does it have to be you actually speaking in your mind to be inner voice? I think it does. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what, that's the definition of inner voice to everyone, right? Private conversation was how one of the psychologists Actual words you're actually thinking. To yourself, not necessarily seeing in text, but it's actual words you're telling yourself. Right, is the inner is the inner voice. So I don't always have that when I'm riding out, riding around. So, but most of the time I do. Like most of the time, it is both. Most of the time, I'm picturing it and I'm telling myself, "This fool is about to cut me off. They're going to come over in the left lane on me. I need to get around them or let them do it before I turn into road smash." So, 
And one of the most interesting things outside of this topic itself that I found was according to a lot of the articles and reference to more articles was that the minority of people have inner speech as some, or innerly speech as some of them referred to it, which means the opposite, whereas the majority in this case is like 26% have innerly speech, which tells me that supposedly the majority of the country will say um, does not. But there are some experts I, that disagree mm, that that's that. I disagree. I don't see how that. I think it's a, like I was saying earlier, it's an interpretation of what they think inner speech is. And they, that doesn't mean you have. I bet a lot of those people think that you have to be doing it constantly and you can't have any type of um, uh, combination of the two. I just don't see how. Because everyone I've asked that I know that I have thought to ask says, yeah, they do have it. Right. Of course, sometimes people just say stuff they think they want you to hear, but I don't. I try not to leave people. Just like with the gas giant problem. I just said, you know <laughs> what, what a gas giant is. And, and then you just say it again with a question mark inflection. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, gas giant? When I say the term gas giant, what is a gas giant? It sounds and like always are like out of an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> sounds like Bill and Ted McKenzie after they drank all the beer in the thing. <laughs> Instead of the feeling of, with beer, they're filled up gas. Good day, eh? So I was surprised that there only ran across one or two people that didn't know what they were or didn't. They a lot of them said they'd never heard that term, but they knew that Jupiter and Saturn and Neptune and Uranus were all gas giant, or you know didn't have a surface. Mm, anyway, that's a topic for you and my son. He's more versed in that than I am, as we have illustrated before. In 1920, a Soviet psychologist and, and pioneer research of inner thought coined the term private speech. And he went on to say that it was his opinion that the this is basically an internalization of speaking out loud, which kind of goes into that how we're, me and you were talking about we read thing versus some other augmented reading version. Now, there may be yet some other, you know, a tier to this where someone says, yes, I have internal speech, but it's some other fragmented form of speaking, which I don't necessarily have that. I would say I'll have the addition of uh, visual images and things often are with that, maybe in that storyboard format that I was talking about earlier. It's not like I'm reading a teletype entirely in my head, but for sure, when I'm about to have a detailed explanation that might turn into a debate, or for sure, if I'm in an argument with any person, I am preparing over and over in my head before I have it, just because I know first draft, I'm going to have people who don't understand everything I mean, no matter who that is, because of what I am and how I explain things or because of the subject itself. It doesn't matter. So I run through two or three versions and try to look for, all right, this is where they're probably going to get hung up at. So, so I like cut all that off and I get told I quote talk very lawyerly at times. And it's because I'll build in a lot of things into my questions and sentences or dialogue that explains itself within itself. And then they're left with like nothing else to say because I've covered every point and counterpoint and not everybody enjoys that. Yeah. Sometimes some people get offended thinking that you're, you're saying that they're stupid in it. Or and what you're I was implying getting at earlier, that, right. Right. And what I was getting at earlier is we do all of that. Or I say, what do you mean? Not because I think what you said was inadequate. I just want to avoid the racetrack of explaining, like <laughs> give me a little more information and I'll know what you mean is what I think you mean or, or, or backwards with that versus me going on a whole tangent about something else that you don't, that's not what we're even talking about. But it's the same thing when you're explaining stuff, you say more than it's needed. But 
<clears throat> I try not to do that with with patients or explaining things because I don't want to be on the phone with them forever. Because like I said earlier, our time is limited. I'm just giving them the facts in the most Cliff's Notes version ever. And they just will not sit through it. They just, a lot of times I've even, I've changed, you know, my ways of saying, this is fixed and it's going to, it's going to be this much. Um, and this is, this is going to go through and you'll be able to do this on this time at this date. Like, however, you were saying there are problems and the reason why those problems are, and then I go through the whole thing of why it's that way. So they're not upset, which doesn't work with most people. But, you know, I figure if I give them the info up front, then maybe they'll listen to the explanation a little better. Going into imagery. People just can't visualize it. That's what I was going to read. I'm getting into imagery now and what is in other people's heads, which are one difficult and second to an impossible task. And that is I'm trying to visualize what a person's doing while you're explaining these things. And what I imagine just for my animation and maybe humor is some guy who's got a black marker going through large mm-hmm. chunks of text that are coming through because it's almost like sometimes they did not hear what you said, even though you just said it in English. I will not, I will not start counseling people until I give them their change back. And that's very um, against how I do everything else. I'm very efficient at everything. I want to do have as much going on at the same time to get them out of there. Right. as possible but if you if they're just sitting there waiting for you to tell them a price they don't listen to a single word you say because they're no. just sitting there waiting to, to to know how much something costs and it doesn't matter and then they'll ask you the questions you just went over with them and even then and you can explain tell in great detail the face tells right. often let yours and i've literally had people thumbing through their phone while i'm discussing new therapy it's like i know i've done it and i've done it appropriately i cannot make you listen or understand some of them, I wonder, are like like how some people are. Sometimes maybe that's just a thing they're doing while they're listening. Although I, evidence has shown that ninety, I people say ninety nine percent, but upper ninety percentile of people are not doing what I'm about to say. Whereas some people have to like to have loud music playing while they're studying. That kind of drowns out the other noise, so they can concentrate. Mm-hmm. To me, the loud noise keeps me from being able to concentrate. So maybe them doing something else allows them to listen to you. Though evidence. <laughs> It's abundant that that's not what's going on. But I, you know, try to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Yeah, maybe that the thumbing of the phone is their controlling stimuli so they can hear you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're they're just doing that as they listen. They've got to be doing something. Maybe they don't want to stare you in the eye, which a lot of people who don't look you in the eye when you talk to them, I think it's a, that's an interesting thing. That too. is a I tale. Like to dive into the psychology of that. There's a lot there. We will put a pin in that for a time. Don't show don't show your teeth to chimpanzees. Don't look them in the eye. You're not supposed to show your teeth to dogs either. I do it all the time. They don't ever bite me. Or think I'm uh, going to hurt them. Every time I growl at a dog and show my teeth, they just think I want to play. They come up to me and lick me. I wonder if you did Even that to one that was trained to fight, if that would be different. That might be a different story. Like a German Shepherd or something. I mean, I literally had that in the reserve PD training. Don't don't smile. You know, you may smile to owners, but do not smile to dogs because a potentially aggressive dog. This is not how you communicate to them. Hey, boy, those mm. those teeth, because what they see in their own life is teeth. Usually mean uh, you're in my yard kind of thing. I don't know. I found that odd because I've never had that ever trigger, but I don't want to do it either. So I try to. Hey, boy. And try to talk like grandpa's mm. got no teeth. <laughs> I think it's the tone with animals mostly. And sometimes it doesn't matter because I've had my fair share of run-ins, but that's for another time. Here's a quote 
from a, this uh, 29-year-old marketing campaign manager who says she feels like language limits. And that's why she has this much more animated way of going through things. She says, if I was getting up out of bed in the morning and thinking that I need to get up and get some coffee, I see the picture of the coffee cup. These icons floating above her head plague her until the task has been done. And then when I've made the coffee and drank it, it stops almost like a sim, she was saying. Yep. I think I read that one too. I, I, I find that fascinating because I just, I, I don't know. You can learn a lot about yourself, your pluses and minuses. And it's not always like good and bad, but just like different ways of doing things or efficiencies by just hearing the processes going back to that episode with other people. And I don't know that anything in that particular example is going to make me more or less efficient, but if you really could share with lots of people about how we think and process things, I'll be willing to bet one thing in your life could be made better. I don't know what that would be as an example, unfortunately, but because it's the same diatribe I bang on. And that is all you know is you, because that's the only person you've ever been. Unless you've tried to open yourself up and put your, Self in other people's shoes, right? Which, which I, I saw mean, the inner voice thing came out of left field, which is why it's interesting because you never considered it before. Like, it may be the answer to so many questions on I have about people. Why are you the way you are? And it, it's just their, their wiring is different, and it could be for a lot of reasons. The next big question on it is: Is it learned or is it natural? This inner voice thing is it nature or nurture, or you know why? Why are some people one way and some people another? I'm gonna lean towards the DNA. Because I don't know that yeah. there's like different teaching style. I mean, there are various teaching styles in the world, but let's say if you could have followed your classmates from kindergarten through high school, and let's just say for easy math, you had a hundred people in that class, and you all were taught by you know three to four different sets of kindergarten, first, second, third, all the way through there, and usually you know, there might be different variations, but I would imagine within the kindergarten, you know, all the primary grades, there's going to be definitely the same topics taught generally the same way not necessarily exactly but you see them getting that so when you're taught to do these basic things i don't know that you're going to find like there was this outliers but it's all because of how miss jenkins was you know what i mean like i think it's there's going to be whatever the percentages of those people who don't do that of that class that are having that that's just the way they develop it doesn't have it doesn't have to be just teachers though it could be just your interaction with the world makes you learn um a a certain way or learn to behave a certain way like just it, it could be while you're playing by yourself out in the uh yard like you're making your little dirt road well, you just open up a whole can whatever. because i can tell you we have two kids that are two entirely different ways my son who's 12 my daughter who's eight when they were both forming in this process of being able to talk or communicate in their earliest years my son from that moment wanted he didn't want to have he wanted toys but he wanted you and he to interact with them. He didn't want to go get lost in a room or in the backyard with his toys where I did. And now my daughter is that way because she can spend hours with her baby dolls and talking to them and talking out loud and carrying on. And she, she loves interaction with people. It doesn't mean she doesn't do that, but she has that ability. Whereas I don't think he does. I don't think he, if, if he does, do it i don't think he finds any pleasure to that like being lost in toys and things he's still at this age would rather interact with you however that could be you know whether it's in a game or throwing a ball or playing outside 
Ede's ability to get lost doing things alone is far less than, say, his sister or myself. Hmm. I wonder how that'll affect him later on, like when he needs to perform tasks on his own, not in like something at work where he needs to do it and not have input from others. Like he needs to learn to find a way he does to well be in school. able to do that. And he's in like the, you know, advanced classes and things. So I don't know that, you know, as far as testing and all that, that's always done on an individual basis. That part seems has been fine so far. I don't know, you know, what ups and downs or cost and benefits come with that. I will say the cost and benefit to the being my way. And this may get into like some sort of introvert, extrovert thing. I don't know, but it's a little bit frictionous or maybe some kind of difficulty socializing. I, I wouldn't say that I ever had one to the point of a detriment, but I do think it was some part of a handicap earlier in my life. Not, I'm not nearly as susceptible to it now. Yeah. I think some of that though, is <clears throat> when you're in middle school age or a little younger around, you're always worried about the other person too much. Like, cause you know, when you were a kindergarten and a little kid, you just went to school and started talking to everybody and then mm-hmm. that whole shyness seemed to develop and then slowly go away once you got into adolescence i guess that's how i experienced it anyway i was way more shy and reserved and not wanting to get involved with people who weren't my friends because of fear or whatever when i was in the middle school years those the four five you know from fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth grade on or just in that period after that it wasn't as bad but that is a very trying time, and that is the time we're living right now it's with the him. Worst, where kids of that age in this year and in the year you and I were there, I think are just capable of being the worst humans on earth. Mm-hmm. It's just there are still no people that I only only knew when uh, I was in middle school. I didn't know them before, and they didn't I guess go on to the same high school. That mm-hmm. I could just remember them, and if I saw them on the side of the road on fire, I'm not sure I'd help them just because <laughs> I know. I mean, I would obviously, but. Just what you remember of them is terrible. Like, oh, God, middle school. Right. And the thing now that we can have this conversation as adults is, you know, A, upper percentile, they aren't that way now. That was just part of that human being. Like, I I get it now as far as understanding it all. I look back at that, the whole idea of being a young man or woman, or in this case, boy or girl, and you get this bucket that's just poured over your head full of hormones. And you have no experience dealing with this. And hormones, of course, change mood and ideas and aggression and all that. And to think that anybody within those first few years of experience in these things is going to be rational or normal is a joke. Mm. <clears throat> Do you remember your inner voice or your inner imagination when you were that 12, 11, 13? Thinking like, why are they being mean or... No, you just remember it at all. <clears throat> yeah, mine was more thinking about the opposite sex all the time like it's hard to it's hard to concentrate on <clears throat> three al- three uh, variable algebra when so and so was wearing a mini skirt <laughs> it was i think my wonder distraction often mine has been present with me since the very beginning and it would that would have just it wouldn't have stood out cuz it you would just needed be, a shock collar yes I, <laughs> something to keep me centered going back to the guy who likes the loud music while he studies I had I had to control things in that case. Uh, I could control all the other sounds because I could only hear one sound, and that was Jimi Hendrix. And then when you can control that, I'm more at peace. 
because when you are in silence in a study carol or in an office building or wherever, I hear everything. I hear the world and my mind travels like some dog who's like picked up a scent. Like, what is that, boy? Oh, there's somebody. Is that a dog trapped in a room? You know, why am I hearing a dog in the (laughs) library? Oh, that can't be a dog. Remember that dog we used to have? See where I'm at now? I'm nowhere in pharmacology. (laughs) I'm I'm talking about that dog I grew up with. And if you got Jimi Hendrix telling yeah, you to go all on the watchtower over and over, yeah. no, I wouldn't do the same song. But so I it's kind of like it's your album. version of earplugs. It's my white noise because right, it, it yeah. was not what it was; it was what it was blocking out. Now, if there See, if was, I had loud noises, I would still concentrate on that. I like silence better. Like the noise is your. If is it was pure, I would go with you, but it never is. You know what I mean? Right. Like in silence yeah. is when you hear all the other things. And, um, if I had like the, the Bose, you know, quiet comfort, maybe I could have used those and just been like, listen to that sort of nothing and studied just fine. But I think my mind, even though kind of like we were talking about earlier about when you read my, when I'm reading, sometimes my mind will drift and I don't think I could have listened to anything. And I don't know why I'm not a, the biggest fan of Jimi Hendrix in the world. I enjoy it, but it just happened to be the one that worked. And I'm glad it did because it afforded me, uh, a lot of attention I could focus in on all the medical information we had to consume because otherwise was, chasing, chasing rabbit trails. That's all I do. Like the rest of this inner voice thing, I was in between. Like I did not, <clears throat> I could not use earphones or earplugs or <clears throat> something to block out the noise because I did not, I was always anxious that someone was going to walk up on me or. Yeah, that is a weird deal or, that I deal know, with. Something I did not like to be surprised or. So I would, I like the silence, so I would find a hole somewhere or, you know, a corner of the library or something that was usually quiet and uh, do it there. I still liked the little noises here and there because a little break, you know, I'd stop and look and be whatever. But I did find myself drifting, too. I probably should have had Adderall as a kid or at least as a, um, in college. I made it through high school fine, but probably could have really benefited from it in college because little things would distract me. But at the same time. I couldn't wear the earplugs because then I would always be paranoid. I'd always be looking around paranoid that something was about to happen or I wouldn't hear something or, and I couldn't have the noise, even if it was a, some kind of heavy metal or Jimi Hendrix or something that was just loud and going on. Um, cause I'd always be focusing on that. Like I could not get my inner voice or inner imagination concentrated on the task at hand. It would be concentrated on whatever input source was the loudest. I couldn't filter it out. Like, I couldn't, you know, how they say you listen to music. How do you, well, how can you concentrate on, how do you hear police sirens and so-and-so? It's like, well, I just, I can pick them out. And I can't do that when I'm studying or trying to think about something. I have to, I like to have silence to it, to a degree. I bet when you do things versus the mental exercise, you have no problem with that. I bet you listen to music or podcasts when you work in the yard or whatever. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't always, I don't have to, but I can like, but it's not a distraction. I, uh, correct. Like, and that's, and that's, I think, I don't know if it's because I'm developing when I'm reading and studying, I'm trying to develop mental pathways and I realize I'm not good at it with the, with the music going, but like, yeah, if I'm, if I, um, am working away at work doing something, I can have a podcast in the background, fully listen to it and comprehend it. Um, and still concentrate on, you know, doing tasks, whether right. it's when I'm like a compound or something, I can still do that, you know, and now you realize it, someone will the say and all that. they couldn't do that. Someone will be at work like you were about study. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't, and when, I don't like it when I'm trying to concentrate on something like if I, mostly the, during data review or DUR review and stuff like that, 
I don't like it when people around me are yelling or talking. I don't like when I'm on the phone trying to get something from somebody and I hear all the background noise in my ear. I'm kind of, it's kind of like going back to school. I would Whereas jam I'm doing my finger it in my other ear when I'm like doing a voicemail or something and, and I have the, people around. Yep, me too. Me too. And I, the difference is if it's a mental task, I, I don't like the noise. If it's physical task that still requires thinking, I can do it, whether it's filling a prescription or, or, um, yeah, like figuring out a compounding math question or, or thing or just measuring correctly. And, you know, I can do all those things with the podcast or the music going. But if I'm taking a voicemail or listening to a doctor or thinking about a complex person's, um, um, review, like looking at their history mm-hmm. and all that. I do not like the extra noise, and I especially don't like it when I'm trying to get a voicemail because it seems like these people who leave voicemails, it's a contest on how fast and unlegible their words and are. they've all like had a reading, pen full of stimulants and, and they washed it down that, with coffee. <laughs> yeah, and they think that the, the more marble mouth and the faster they talk, the, the, the more they win at life. And, in fact, it's not that way. So I don't like to hear the people... This weekend, my husband hung up a deer on the porch and got blood everywhere. When I'm trying to listen to something like "Stop at," but if they're telling that story, I prefer that. If I'm just doing like physically doing right. a task, I don't mind it. I wonder what that plays into my inner voice because I start I start imagining the deer hanging up and the party going on, and I'm not paying attention to the task at hand developing. Maybe I don't have enough RAM, as I always like to say to to do those multiple things at once. Maybe it requires more to do those things than it does Multitasking. filling a prescription or whatever. Is it real? Some say it's I not. don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I don't think studies have proven that um it's doing multiple oh, things poorly. Studies true. You do multiple things with less yes, less efficiency or poorly than you do would do less things better. The less you're doing at once the better. And so you're just saying that because you're not a woman and women can do it better. I'm like, no, it's it's shown that women can do it. But they're still not doing, they would still do better if they didn't. There's an interesting show, and, and there's nobody paying us for anything, but I just like people to be entertained like I am and find things. And my wife found yesterday as part of this at home, a whole lot of routine for everybody. Uh, Netflix has become quite a friend. And there's, uh, I don't know how long it's been on there. I don't think it's been there very long. I haven't seen it yet. And that's called 100 Humans. Are you familiar with that? Mm, nope. I would suggest it to you and anyone else. It, it, I will just put it in synopsis and not a way that gives anything away, but there's 100 humans, obviously, and they're all like of every age and race, gender, so forth and so forth. And they're all wearing these blue, uh, like sweatshirt, sweatpants kind of thing. And on their shirt, it says human number 34. You know what I mean? So no one is referred mm-hmm. to by name for, they're doing like mock studies basically. Now, don't get too lost into your science mind because you're going to be like me, which I'm sure my wife is wanting to choke me because I'm like, that's not a control group <laughs> because they wouldn't do it correctly. Right. They would do it kind of correctly. Do it. Uh, I will say, you know, Mythbusters did this a lot. They would do it yeah. Mythbusters light because, for example, if they were studying, uh, I'm not going to give you an example because I don't really think make one up, but they're studying the example of, say, loud music on paying attention in humans, and they would have 50 of them in a room doing a task with loud music and another 50 in a room listening to soft music. Well, that's not a control group. You see what I'm going with that? The control group right, would be nothing, yeah. and they wouldn't necessarily do yeah. that in the true science way, but they would literally do it just like I just said. They would like have – they did. Th- they had um, tasks or impressions taken of these people 
after they had been listening to, quote, happy music for a while and some that were, quote, listening to sad music for a while and to see what effects that had on humans afterward. Again, they did not have a true... It's just raw data. Right. It's entertaining as all get out. So I'm just saying is, if you like anything like that, you will love this and just don't get lost in some of the methods aren't the best, but these aren't true scientists per se. But very good show, 100 Humans on Netflix. Check. Oh, now my inner voice just keeps saying crawdad. I'm picturing them in the on the plate and with the corn. I want to go get me some of those. Well, maybe you, uh, when you get those, that little icon will disappear. I'll be, I'll be thinking <laughs> about this forever. Now is like exactly like she said, like a sim. I don't know that I do that, and it, it may now become part of mine because I will add things to my repertoire as people bring them to me. It's like, oh, I'll do that now, consciously or unconsciously. <laughs> right. Well. Sorry for all the noises today. I uh, have a little bit different chair and a little bit different sit-ups. I didn't hear a thing. Bumping some all stuff. All as well. Moving the chair around and the dog's in here again. I don't know if I said that at the beginning. He uh, recovered from his surgery and uh, had a good follow-up. We're still changing bandages. Doing pretty good, but he was in here with me today. I don't know if you heard him no, walking around. Not a peep. <clears throat> Couldn't get his input on his inner voice. He just wouldn't tell me. Well, I I can almost hear the inner voice from out your window. They want a bigger birdhouse higher off the ground. Need to get one. Dove has not made their presence known today. However, there have been two cardinals out there Mm. all the whole time we've been here. Both of them are in and around the birdhouse, but they've been more in the bush there next to the birdhouse. A male and a female. And I guess they're life partners, or at least they are this spring. Supposedly, Maybe the, they ran uh, off the dove. Cardinals are supposed to represent visitors to you from someone in heaven. If you like hmm. listening to all the lower of things, isn't? Yeah, I do like listening to stuff like that. I don't. I don't know. Well, Mostly because I like to see where they get it from. Right. I'd like to know why. Like why one was it the cardinal, and why is it a bird? You know, you know all these things. But you'd have to Google yourself to death sometimes to find out the truth in any of these things. Wish the cardinals would fight off the robins. When I was a kid, I thought rock cardinals were robins. I didn't know robins like were what they are. I thought they would be red. I was like, you mean those regular old gray birds <laughs> with the orange chest are robins? Mm-hmm. I, like, I thought rock cardinals were robins, but they're not chasing them off, and I haven't seen the mockingbirds today. Mm. Not that I'm super into birds. It's just that's what's out my window when we're doing this podcast. That's uh, see are all these birds. The mockingbird is the schoolyard bully, from my understanding and my own experience in life. University of Tennessee Chattanooga changed to the mockingbirds around ninety-seven ish. They are they have a mockingbird. It walks around. The original reference bird. was an Indian tribe, correct? It was a moccasin, which okay. I guess is a shoe. So uh, my understanding, but I didn't know native, where that came from. I like if that you know how things get spun off. I guess because of the Native American thing. I don't know why they didn't just change to the water moccasin, which is a snake. I used to think that when I was a child. I'm like, that's kind of a weird mascot, a poisonous snake. But hey, you know, whatever. But I never did yeah, see one, so shoot. I'm like, maybe that's really not their mascot. Turned out it wasn't. Apparently, they had a giant guy dressed up as a moccasin. Like a big shoe? To be dumb. Yeah, <laughs> running hmm. around. And there was a giant one they threw around in the stadium. They had, until, of course, like everybody else, they had the uh, <clears throat> country's oldest active football stadium. It's 100-something years old until they built a new one. Right. But anyway, not to dive into the Chattanooga lore. It just mm-hmm. mockingbirds do that out there. Bull, the uh, bully State of the bird, yard, from what I know, and Florida. It is. Mm-hmm. Is Georgia the hawk? Because there's a lot of 
And the Atlanta Hawks. I'm, I am not aware of their state bird. To learn all these things. When I ask you questions, I need answers. Well, next time I will have the Georgia state bird. Till then, everybody take care of yourself and uh, social distance. Seen a bunch of run-down no-horse towns Where the church is the back